morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome here this morning. Thank you for those who already joined us. Um, some of those are still waking up uh, in winter in South Africa. Thank you for the foreigners that have joined us already. Hi, Claudia and Andy there in Emmental. Guten Morgen, wie geht's? Hast du gut geschlafen? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Alright, so um, I hope you enjoyed that uh, song that I actually just played now. Um, you can get the album, it's an album of uh, Martin Smith and uh, Stephanie Gretzner. So um, welcome, yeah, welcome, Freddie. I saw you jump on as well earlier on. Um, and uh, welcome to everyone who's joining us now. Welcome, Maureen Almain and Karina George. Um, so that's who I saw jumped on earlier. Um, I'm just busy with my music. I'm the DJ as well, yeah. So hopefully the music's not too loud. Um, please let us know that you can also hear me clearly. Um, all right, so welcome, yeah. So good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, spring is on its way in South Africa, praise God. First of September, it's not too far away. It's not too far away. Alright, so welcome here. Yeah. Um, welcome to everyone watching. Welcome to uh, my family as well that are watching. Uh, that are actually in the other room at the moment. So, um, good. I'm going to start in that. Hopefully the sound is fine. Uh, um, They'll tell me if it's not, I think, so good. All right, well, um, this morning I want to share something um, with you. It's, it's something I've, I've, I've been experiencing um, and just the Lord has been putting my heart a bit about this. And that is the thing of um, where um, there's so many influences at the moment which I see uh, in the world, not just South Africa, but all over the world. And um, sometimes we are... We get drawn into what we're actually experiencing in the world. So um, sometimes we don't need the media. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's not always the media. It's not always these the, these things that are influencing us. Because some people might not even be aware of what's happening in the media or in the world because of different news. But um, um, why is it that a lot of us experience things in different ways? And... Um, um, I've just been, you know, in this period of time, just experiencing that there's a lot of people being gained through um, a lot of emotional things, um, and different people I speak to in that, you know, it might be circumstances that people are going through, but there's things where emotionally people are experiencing things in a different way, and um, um, I want to just address that. <clears throat> I want to address the thing about. Um, that you know everything can you know the thing is everything can be gained perfect but emotionally we can be experiencing thing things not in a positive way how's that possible how's it possible that you can have all the security all the resources finances you can have the the, the nice family you can have the uh, children that are behaving you can have circumstances uh, that are perfect but emotionally you experience something different. Have you ever experienced that? Or um, maybe you've got a breakthrough 
um, and and yet in, internally, emotionally, you're not experiencing that. Um, it might be that, um, and I know there are people that are trusting for breakthroughs, and, and I believe God is bringing about breakthroughs, but the greatest breakthrough that you and I can have is what we, is our internal world, all right? So, um, a lot of Christians, and, and especially if you're sensitive to the things in the spirit as well, is that we can live from the external inward, and, and that's a danger sometimes, because, um, the way that Jesus lived was from his internal world. All right. So when you're born again, uh, when you've received Jesus Christ, the Lord and saved, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside you and me. So you can be in the worst storms of your life, yet to have the greatest peace. You've, you've experienced that. Um, there's a number of occasions, a lot of you have experienced that. You've, you've had really traumatic things, but you've had the amazing peace of God. Well, that's the internal world that you and I live from. So... Your and my internal world is influenced by what we think and what we believe. Alright? So whatever you think about is what you're going to behave like. So your thought life is very important. Alright? The Bible speaks about you will prosper as your soul prospers. If your soul is not prospering, you will not prosper. Alright, so that's very important. Um, you know, it's like this thing of, um, I've seen Christians in that uh, high up in Africa, um, they have nothing. And I'm saying nothing. Uh, this, the, the, a lot of the South Africans, yeah, live in South Africa, even in, in townships or whatever, live like kings, compared to some of the people I've seen in Africa, with absolute nothing, with rags as clothing. Um, um, you know, now and again, they might have a meal. Um, but, and I'm speaking about some of the Christians now, and I've seen these people with a joy in their lives. I've seen these people with absolute peace in their hearts because their world is not determined by the circumstances, but by the one who walks on the water, and his name is Jesus. And God is calling us as the church to walk on water. He's calling us as, as the church to walk on that which seems impossible. And I shared the prophetic words again God gave to us. And I touched on it in the encounter tonight. About God's calling us to walk on water. He's calling us to walk contrary to the laws of gravity. Contrary to the laws of what we are bound in. In this world. Alright. So um, the first thing that, that uh, uh, Jesus says. No greater, there's been no greater prophet besides John the, uh, the Baptist who came along. Alright. And John the Baptist comes and he introduces the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. And then he says, and his whole message that John the Baptist, was, was his message that he carried, he said, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was his message. Now, um, a lot of us un only understand, and we've spoken a lot on this, and I want to go into this a bit, but um, to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repentance is not um, just about turning from your wrong to walk in the right. That is the principle. But a lot of Christians turn from the wrong and they don't know how to walk in the right because the values and the belief systems we still have is contrary to the decision we made. So we might have made a decision to repent and turn and walk in the right way with God. But what causes us to stumble is what we believe. If you don't change the way you think, you cannot walk in a new way. Therefore, we need to be, Romans 12 verse 1 and 2 says, we need to be renewed in our mind. 
um, we're going we're gonna to touch on in this morning. I, I want us just to uh, uh, handle something this morning that's going to help a lot of us. Um, and those who are going to listen afterwards as well. It will help you, I believe, in the times we are in. Because we don't know how to navigate what we experience. So sometimes we experience intense things, we go through things emotionally, but we don't know how to walk it out as a Christian. And then we actually believe a lie. So when we believe a lie, we empower the one that wants to deceive us. Alright, so facts do not outweigh truth. Truth is superior to facts. When Lazarus was dead, and Jesus said, let's wait an extra two days, he was dead. He was stinking dead. Alright, that was the facts. But truth supersedes facts, meaning that God is God of life and death. He's a resurrection life. Therefore, He gives life to areas of us that seem dead. And God would want to give you, maybe you've broken in the area of your life. God would want to come this morning and to give you hope and faith again. You see, if you've lost hope in the area of your life, there's a lie that has come to tell you something that is not true. Alright? So, um, this morning... God would want to give you hope. God would want to restore, restore truth in your life um, because we start believing in a new way. When we believe in a new way, we behave in a new way. All right? Your belief system influences your behavior. Now, there's factors that influence what we believe. All right? And this morning, I wanted to touch on a, something here as well because, um, and, and, and please understand, I don't, I, I, uh, I, I don't want to um, emphasize or speak about the devil because who's he? All right, so we, we won't speak much about him. But um, there are influences that influence our lives, and this is what we must be aware of. All right, so this 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 material world that we are in, whether it's this wooden table, whether whatever it is, um, there's a spiritual world which is greater than what we actually see here, because the Word of God says that God is spirit, and those who worship Him. Must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So God is spirit, alright? So He's not defined by this physical, but He is, has greater substance. That's why Jesus could walk through a wall. He was not a ghost. He had, he had greater substance and He walked through a wall and He ate. And He, and he revealed Himself to the disciples, alright? So that is a glorified body which we will have one day. Um, remember what I said, all of us live forever. Everyone will live forever. You listening today, you will live forever. The difference is where you spend eternity. But whether saved and known Jesus Christ and having a relationship with Him, um, we will spend eternity. There's no end with Him. Those who don't know Christ, and you might be listening this morning, this opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus. Because where you go without Christ is for eternity. There is no end. So please remember this. When you die, it is not the end. Because there is no end. You live forever. Alright. So this morning, I want to just jump into something. And uh, that was a long intro. But let's see what Holy Spirit wants to do. Um, this morning, I want to really just touch on the whole thing about the thing of spiritual war. Alright. The spiritual battles that we live in and we are in. So there's different influences in our lives. Um, there is, uh, uh, we live, this is the earth, there's a second heaven, which is then the spiritual realm, and the third heaven is where positionally God is positioned, 
although we are seated in Christ and Christ is in us, positionally there is a place where God is seated in heaven. Heaven does not contain God because God is bigger than heaven. All right. So um, this morning um, I want to just speak about the spiritual battle that you and I go through. Why do we experience things in different ways? We always will have circumstances. Alright, good and bad circumstances will always be there while we're on this side of eternity. And um, the, the, the biggest thing about the spiritual um, the battleground of the spiritual war that we go through, the battleground is our mind. Alright, so the battleground that you and I have in spiritual, a spiritual war is our mind. That is where the spiritual battle takes place. And you can in the meantime start um, turning to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and just keep your place. We'll get to there now. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We will get there now. Um, uh, I want to give you another verse here. But right, we'll do that just now. All right. But in the meantime, 2 Corinthians 10, you can just turn to so long. So, um, you know, Paul... You know, speaks about, and I'm going to refer to some things I've spoken to in the past, and some of the things are familiar, but I want us just to revisit some things I've spoken about, um, especially in the times that we're busy living in now. Um, so, Paul um, many times speaks about pulling down strongholds, okay? The Apostle Paul speaks about how we need to pull down strongholds, and, and what we need to understand about strongholds um, basically, these are like a stronghold. Is actually uh, uh, we actually saw a lot of these things in Europe, by the way. In South Africa, we don't really physically see this. In Europe, we would ride a pass, and 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 um, there's actually different words. I learned. I didn't know that. I heard that you get a castle, you get a fort, and then you get other things. Well, the one is called a festung. All right. So for our Swiss uh, German-speaking people, a festung is a a festung in Afrikaans or a fortress. You want to call it, but basically. Um, uh, 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 the strongholds that we have is basically sit a walled cities, all right, or stones, walled cities. Remember these these walled cities; they like stones that are packed on one another, and these are basically stones or thoughts that are patterns uh, that that wage against war against the knowledge of God. So these are like stones or fortresses in our thinking, and. The enemy is hiding behind these these festivals, these these strongholds of our thinking. All right, I'm gonna get to where the word says this. So there's strongholds in our thinking that the enemy hides behind, and he, he comes against certain things that we are busy going through or truths that we believe the enemy would want to have conflict with what God says. Okay, so the the the, the enemy inhabits these realms of thought. Which are not in line with God. Now remember John the Baptist said repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It was not just turning away from sin to Jesus. It was also the word um, repent. The actual meaning means change the way you think. So uh, John the Baptist was saying repent, change the way you think for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Change the way you think else you cannot see the things of heaven. And who is heaven himself is Jesus. He represents what heaven is about. Okay, so change the way you think, else you cannot see the things of heaven. And there's a lot of unbelieving believers, people that have given their hearts to Jesus, but because of strongholds, 
where the enemy has influence against the, the things of God, we actually believe the lie as Christians. And therefore, many Christians have battles um, because the, the, their strongholds, these festums, these festums, which, which the enemy has an influence in your life. It is thought patterns that the enemy has in your life, has an influence in your my life. Alright, so these are the strongholds, okay, where the, the armies of the enemy go from and they are, are, and they do exploits against us. Now, remember this. The enemy um, hides in the thought life of broken thoughts of a man which are contrary to God. So when we have broken thoughts, broken thoughts are thoughts which have not been established on truth. They might have been established on facts. Alright? So so it might be like I, I experienced this thing of um, for example, well, you know, um, I might have had parents that didn't really always share love or give their love to me. And I always question maybe true love. What is love about? And I look for it in relationships, wrong relationships. Or it might be because I had bad relationships about love or do people love me unconditionally? I then have a problem with does God love me unconditionally? And the word of God says that God loves me unconditionally. Yet while I was a sinner, he loved me. All right. So if I'm sitting with a broken thought of um, the fact people love me only because of all my millions, okay? All my glory, all my what I have, uh, because of my talents, because of how popular I am, people love me. You're going to see that's a broken thought um, because it's conditional. It's, it's factual, but it's conditional. Yet the love of God is unconditional. So my broken thoughts are, might be factually correct, but it's inaccurate. Okay, you still with me? So that is where the enemy lives from. Now, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 to 5, I'll read it. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 to 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for putting down strongholds. Verse 5. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself, Against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Alright? Did you get that? 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. So, guess what? We've heard this often. That you and I cannot afford to have a thought about ourselves. That God, that, that God does not have about us. Now remember, God has no negative thought about you and me. Think about it. He has no negative thought about you and me. So when you and I mess up or we do something wrong, God still does not have, uh, ah, you're a mess, you're a failure. You're a, he doesn't have a negative thought about you and me. Alright? Now if you can just capture that, this will really radically change the way you behave and what you believe. Because your behavior will be influenced by a lie or by truth. So, what happens, what we read here is that we actually war against the purposes of God in our life. We war against the purposes of God in our life 
when we believe a lie. All right. So the mind, what the word says here, the mindset on the flesh is death. It cannot obey God. So when your mind is set on the carnal, that's the flesh, it, it cannot obey God. We actually do the contrary to what God is saying. Okay, so the mind that is contrary to the purposes of God sets us up for failure. When we think in a negative way, and we might experience negative things, what happens? We set ourselves up for a hiding. That's what happens. Alright, so remember this. We have thought patterns. They built up through experiences. When we have the word of God is the truth and we apply the truth and we start believing the truth despite what we feel. Because remember, a lot of times what we feel is not truth. Did God give us emotions? Yes. But our emotions need to be governed now by the Holy Spirit and guided by the Holy Spirit. All right. So what the word says, the mind that is contrary to the purpose of God sets us up for failure. So when I believe, I, I, you know, I feel, well, you know, people don't like me. You know, people, when I go to place, they don't really give me attention. Or, you know, they, they, they're looking at me funny. Or they, they, who said that? That is a thought I have. The thought has a seed. And the seed is being formed by something that might have happened. And I've concluded, well, I'm not liked. And that is a lie, because I'm loved. Because else the Father would not have sent His Son, Jesus, to die for you and me. He paid the greatest price for you and me to live. Okay? So, this scripture tells us, what I just read, tells us to cast down wrong thoughts. We need to cast down wrong thoughts. Okay? Um, cast down wrong imaginations. Right? We have... Our imaginations with the redeemed imagination. Remember, before we were born again, we didn't have a redeemed imagination. Imagination is from God, our imagination. But the redeemed imagination is what God gives us when we get saved. Now, when we have wrong imaginations, what we create in our mind, we have wrong belief systems. Okay? So, um, uh, it, it speaks about to cast down reasonings that that are uh, uh, inconsistent with God. So wrong things that are inconsistent with God. So if we know the word of God and we feel something different or experience something different, then we need to cast them down. So I, I refuse to believe this, all right? So every day us to live with the mind of Christ. Now he's called us to live with the mind of Christ. That's what God's called us to do, that we have the mind of Christ, okay? Um, it is not just happy thoughts. It is not just happy thoughts. Now, um, you know the story of, you remember the story of Mark chapter 8? And in Mark chapter 8, uh, it's, it's basically, uh, Jesus refers, um, and he speaks about there, where, um, um, you know the multitude in Mark 8, and the multitude, the, the fish and the bread, loads of bread, and there was multiplication, and thousands were fed. The next minute, um, the disciples of Jesus get in the boat. I think it's about verse 27 or 37. I think 27, 37, and Mark 8 uh, or 17. So something with a 7. But um, on the right-hand page, in the middle. Um, so uh, the, the disciples are on the boat with Jesus. And uh, basically, you know, what happens is that Jesus basically starts speaking with them and... Uh, um, he says, be careful of the influence 
of 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 the of the leaven, and he he refers to things two things. He speaks about in this Mark chapter eight. It speaks about the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Now the leaven is what you use. You put in dough for it to rise. Okay, that's leaven. And he says, be careful. Nathan, can I? He's speaking about bread for lunch. So he says, be careful. Now this is after the multiplication took place. So he says, be careful of the leaven. Of the 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 the, the um, Herod, which is the political system. It is a spirit that works in the political system, and it has to do with humanism, and that that it's humanistic in nature, meaning that God is not in the picture. It's about me as man is in, is the head of this. That is the humanistic uh, spirit working in politics. That is be careful of the Herod, uh, the leaven of Herod. That's a political spirit which he's referring to. The second one was. The religious system, all right. Be careful of the religious system. Be careful of of the political system. He says, be careful of the Pharisees. Now that is, be careful of of what influences what you think. Be careful what influences you in the way you think. Okay. So Jesus speaks to them about this is an analogy, and uh, they worried about. What to eat now? The leaven of the Pharisees has to do with a form of religion. We do church, we go to church, whatever. But Christ is not the center. Christ is not the center. They speak about Christ, and they do. Uh, uh, it goes about moral things. What you must do right, don't do right. Do this, do that. That's religion. That's the spirit of religion. It's not about relationship, but laws. Okay, that's the leaven of the Pharisees. Okay, these two spirits that influence even us today. So he says, be careful about this, that don't let these things influence the way you think, okay? But when he was telling his disciples this, they were worried about, uh-oh, we didn't bring lunch, all right? So he has this analogy that Jesus is referring to. So, and so Jesus spoke about the influences on our mind, and they thought he spoke about lunch, okay? Um, the thing is this, is that what they started to do here, and this is very important, is that, um, to understand, is that they started to respond out of fear. Oh my goodness, we didn't bring lunch. We're supposed to brought lunch here. We, we never thought about it. Remember, whatever you respond to in life, you will either respond out of fear or out of love. If you're in a confrontational situation, how do you respond? Is it out of fear or is it out of love? Because in love there is no fear. Okay, um, if there's a situation at your work or with your studies or at school, how do you respond out of fear or out of love? Then you start to see what's influencing your thought patterns. Okay, so every response in life is out of fear or, or love. So love or fear is the source of our response in life. Okay, so on these two realms. Um, will influence how we see things and what we think about. If we have fear, this is going to influence or how we see a thing. We're going to see, oh, these people don't really love me. Uh, these people, you, know, you understand, that's fear. It's on these two realms will influence us of fear or love. Okay, so the disciples, they are in a fear mode here because they think they didn't bring, uh, uh, they didn't bring lunch. And then Jesus asks, um, he asks them, he says, why? reason okay you can go read then mark 8 um uh, in verse 16 mark 8 verse 16 he says why do you reason right that you have no bread 
Now listen to me. This word reason is the same word that is found in 2 Corinthians 5. In 2 Corinthians 5, um, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought captive in obedience of Christ. The same word reason is that same word that is used here. Um, every argument. There's a reasoning. Why do you reason? So in their thinking, um, he's asking them, why is your reasoning at war with my world? Why is your reasoning at war with my world? Remember, the disciples in Mark 8 had just seen the multiplication for thousands of bread and fish provision. So he says, why are you reasoning? Why are you comparing what you see to what my world is? Right? Remember, John the Baptist said, repent, change your way you think, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. If we don't change the way we think, we cannot see what is in the world that Jesus has for us. On earth, as it is in heaven, what is in heaven is available to you and me. Alright, so Jesus is challenging their thinking. The first thing we deal with when uh, we get saved, what is the first thing that, that, that we deal with when we get saved, when you give your heart to Jesus, is our thinking. So suddenly God starts putting his finger on certain things, like um, jealousy. Don't be jealous. You know, you're jealous of that person, or what that person has, or that. It might be regarding lust. It might be envy. God starts dealing with our thinking when we get saved. All right? That's the first thing he starts touching on those certain things. Now the thing is this, which is also quite amazing. We discover God is not just uh, uh, interested in the individual thoughts, but God is actually interested uh, in the process of our thinking. All right? So it's not about just an individual thought. He's, he's more interested in the process of how we think when we actually when we are growing in the Lord, all right? So the way we view things around us are very important. So it's not just about one incident. I need to think, oh, I thought the wrong thing. God's interested in the way we view and we look at and, and have our thinking, the process, all right? So the disciples, they're in the boat, and suddenly here uh, in Mark 8, they're going to this fear mode. And uh, they think, oh my goodness, we don't have enough bread. They go into this fear mode. And Jesus says, why do you reason you have no bread? Why do you reason you have no bread? So then what Jesus does, he, he, Jesus reminds them about being with, being with them when he multiplied the bread and fish. He says, but don't you remember, we just, you know, the bread and the fish just multiplied. So Jesus reminds them about what? The truth. So the facts were there is not enough bread and fish to feed all these thousands. That was the facts. He reminds them of the truth. Okay? So when we are going through things, we need to be reminded of the truth, not what we experience in the moment. Else we respond out of fear instead of love. Okay? So why... He's, Jesus, he reminds him of the truth over here. And he says, basically, why does your imagination, and this is the thing is that he's trying, trying to tell them, listen, why is it that your imagination starts with what you don't have? That was the thinking of the disciples. Their imagination started with what they didn't have. We don't have any bread. Oh my goodness, now we're on the boat. What, where are we going to get bread from? 
So whatever situation you might be in now, make sure your imagination is not based on, well, oh, my bank account says this, oh, my, 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 my employer says that, or the economy says this, or the world news says that. I'm telling you now, you and I as Christians need to start living from a world which Jesus already made a way for when he died for us. And he said, the economy from which I want you to live is not of this world, but of that world on earth as it is in heaven. All right. There is no shortage. Remember, there's no shortage of resources in heaven. There's no shortage of health in heaven. And this is the whole thing about the kingdom of God. Unless you repent and change your way, you think you cannot see these things because you cannot access them because you see and believe the lie. Alright, so that's why we go through a process in life. That's why we go through the fire. That's why we go through so many things. Is, is that there comes a reset in our thinking despite circumstances. Because we serve a good, good father. Alright, we serve the perfect father. Alright, so how many times have you and I, we've gone through a financial crisis. Anyone had that experience? Okay, you go through a financial crisis and what happens? God does a miracle. I mean, we're experiencing miracles even as a family, even financially, just by the way. We're experiencing stuff where we just look and we think, I don't know how this happened, but God brought breakthrough. I'm telling you now, there's things like, oh my goodness, I, this seems, this is impossible. I'm telling you, we, we will testify even about things where things that God is just breaking open. And it's like God says, listen, wait a, wait a minute, my son. I, I, I want to show you something where things are so impossible for you, where this cannot be. I will turn it around and I will multiply what you thought doesn't exist. I want to tell you, this is the church of the future. This is the church of today. This is the church of 2,000 years ago that Jesus paid a price for. And God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we need to start believing the truth instead of what the enemy would want to uh, bombard us with because of a wrong way of thinking or an, a bad experience. All right. So, you know, you might have had a, a, a financial breakthrough and a financial miracle. And, um, you know, then you have a second situation financially that you go through and you don't seem to remember the previous miracle. Isn't that so? There's so many times we, we get a breakthrough. You might have been writing an exam or you studied for an exam and, 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 and you know, thought this, I don't know how to do it. And you, and you do so well. And it's like, did you forget about that? Did you forget about the, the, the door that God opened for you in that a year or two ago? Did you forget about the favor you now have which you never had before? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? And, and this is the thing that, that sometimes we become nervous and anxious for already a breakthrough we already had. This was the same as the disciples. Why is that? It's because of the way we think we haven't been renewed and started to see this is actually the nature of the Father. The Lord of breakthrough for you and me. Right, so that's, you know, this is Jesus' question. He says, why did you not change the way you think? Because you already saw my nature. This is the thing, you know, God, God already showed his nature um, to, to the disciples. And he's saying, but why didn't you pick up? This is my nature. Did you not see? This is how I do. I'm the God of, that make all things possible for those who believe. All right, so... We tend to think that um, the miracles of God are temporary. 
Just think about this. Sometimes we think as a miracle, oh, it's temporary. No, the healing, oh, you know, it happened yet, but it doesn't happen yet. Sometimes we think that the, 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 the things of, or the miracles of God uh, 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 are, are temporary interventions instead of that they are revelations of His nature. The reason why you and I get the breakthroughs previously, yesterday, a year ago, a month ago, is because God is giving us a revelation of His nature. This is His nature. God cannot be what He's not. This is His nature. It's not, okay, this is a once-off thing. It is His nature to look after His children. Right? So, always remember this. There was two trees in the Garden of Eden. Um, there's also two trees in your in my life. Meaning what? Is that um, there's a choice to choose the tree of life, which is in Christ, of the knowledge of good and evil. Meaning that if you and I don't have a choice, we cannot have a reward in life. Just think about it. God wants to bless us. He wants to reward us. But He has to give us a choice. Ask how can we experience reward. Reward comes from a choice you and I make. We are rewarded because of our choices. Alright. So what we choose is important. If you have no choice. Then we can't say you have a free will. Alright. So the Father wants to reveal His nature. He wants to reveal His nature to us. Um, he does not just want to, to, to uh, act, to, to reveal His acts. You know, the acts of God. There's, there's scripture in the Old Testament where, where basically we know about Israel. And um, where, where basically the Father basically wants to reveal His nature. He doesn't just want to reveal uh, he, the acts of the miracle He does. He wants to reveal His nature. It's easy to, ah, oh, it's like an ATM, jing, jing, you know, just get, ah, oh, this is a nice machine. No, no, God is into the relationship. He's not into just the supply. The fruit always refers to the source. Okay, so we see in the Old Testament that we see how Israel actually failed. Um, and and we, we see Israel's fail, failure and Moses' maturity, Moses having this maturity and it is found in the following phrase that, that um, we read in the Bible. How Israel fails, but Moses has his maturity where it says, Israel was acquainted with the acts of God. All right? they, were, they, were, uh, they were used to that. They were acquainted with the miracles of God. Okay? But Moses was acquainted with the ways of God. He knew the nature of God. That's why I said to you, if we don't have miracles, signs and wonders, they are always things that point to the one. They're not in itself nothing. It always points to God and His nature. So Moses knew the ways of God. It wasn't just the miracle. Oh, the water in the desert. Oh, the food. Moses had a relationship and he understood, this is my father. He will always provide for me. He will always give me breakthroughs. So it has to do with what you believe. Okay? So this is why Moses was stable in the shifting seasons and Israel was not. And I want to tell you, in the shifting and the shaking of this world, are you stable or unstable? That has a lot to do with what you believe. 
Alright? So, the absence of an immediate breakthrough, right? We might not have an immediate breakthrough happening or whatever, but an, an, the absence of an immediate breakthrough does not change your revelation of God's nature. Sometimes we have really delayed. I mean, I tell you one thing in my and Annalise's life has been delayed answers. But we've learned to understand the nature of God and to rest in the delayed times of Him answering. Okay? So, this is the, this is the issue. Is that reasoning which is contrary to the knowledge of God. Okay? Reasoning which is contrary to the knowledge of God. So sometimes we want to have an answer. We come to a conclusion and a reasoning. But it's contrary to the knowledge of God. And this is what 2 Corinthians uh, 10 uh, uh, is referring to. Um, these imaginations, what it refers to, are high things which are is the demonic. These imaginations is high things which is the demonic realm that ex exalt itself to be in uh, competition to what God knows to be true. Alright, so the devil, devil is not competition to God, but the wrong thoughts, this is what happens, these strongholds are built up against the knowledge of God. So it's like, oh, I cannot believe God because now I'm going through this and I don't read it in the same way. That's why Jesus says, he says, but don't you believe, didn't you see the miracles we just did? Don't you believe I'm a good, good father? Can you see this? Alright, so What's, what makes the lie powerful? When we believe a lie, what makes the lie powerful? What makes a lie powerful in our lives is when we say yes. When we agree to that lie. Alright? So, um, what makes it powerful is when we agree with a lie. That's when we empower a lie. Okay? So, um, the lie cannot compete with the truth. Just remember that. Now, we see in Matthew 16, verse 23, you can have a look there, um, where, where uh, Jesus says to his disciple, Peter, he says, Get behind me, Satan, because your mind is not fixed on the things of God, but on the things of man. Alright? So, it tells, so here is an influence happening with, with Peter. The disciple of Jesus. And Jesus turns around and he says, Get behind me, Satan. Because your mind, your mind, your thinking, is not fixed on the things of God, but on the things of man. Alright? And um, you see, humanity without Christ at, at the center becomes demonic in its nature. Alright? That's what happens. So, Jesus has to be the center of everything. Everything has been made by him and for him. Okay? So, for instance, um, as an example, when I do business, if you're a business person, you do doing business. And uh, um, when I do business, do I bring God's counsel into my business or do I just do business? You see, because there, I said there's a lot of business Christian men and women and there's a lot of, and there's few kingdom-minded businessmen and women. The one use their gifts and grace to access finances. But a lot of people then don't put Christ and get His counsel in how they do business. 
all right? And that's when it becomes demonic influence where people, Christian business, people say, ah, oh, I don't want to, or people, I don't do business with that person or that person. Do you understand? Where Christ is not put as the center over there. Okay, so this is important. So that's why Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. All right, because what you're, what you're believing in your thinking, you're actually empowering a lie. Therefore, the fruit of how you do business, the fruit of what you do here in your studies, whatever, it becomes actually ungodly because Christ is not the center there anymore. So Jesus must be at the center. Okay, get behind me, Satan. Your mind is set on the interests of man without Christ being at the center. Without Christ being at the center. Alright, so this is what Jesus has to address. Um, and then Ephesians verse chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4 says the following. Ephesians chapter 4, you can look, look at verse 27 and Ephesians chapter 4, 27. It says, it says, don't give place to the devil. Ephesians 4, 27. Don't give place to the devil. That's God says that to you and me. What's interesting in verse 23 of Ephesians chapter 4, it says yeah. Um, it's just a few verses earlier. It says, Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Alright. So in verse 23, Ephesians 4 says, Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. In verse 27, Don't give place to the devil. Alright. So where does the enemy have influence is in my thinking. So, <coughs> excuse me. The enemy inhabits the patterns of thoughts not just the wrong, not just a wrong thought. If we have a pattern of thinking, that's what the enemy inhabits. It's not just a wrong thought. You might have a wrong thought that comes towards you. That's a fiery arrow. Alright? But if you have a pattern of wrong thinking, then you create a highway that the enemy has of influence in your and my life. Alright? So wrong patterns of thinking... Give the enemy a place of safety to influence from. That's the stronghold. Okay? That's in my thinking, the spirit of your mind. Okay? So, if I find myself um, with the wrong thinking pattern, um, uh, with the wrong thought pattern, then basically what I need to do is I need to repent and deal with that pattern. Remember, I said if I need to repent, I need to change the way I think. And the, the way I change the way I think is bringing in truth and not agreeing with a lie. Because for some of us, we've agreed with a lie so many years that it's familiar for us. So I need to repent and believe God. But you're only good. God, you're only faithful. God, you're the one who's my source. You're the one who's my provider. You're my life. You're my strength. You're my health. That is the nature of God. Okay? That is important. The Bible says, for those who know their God will do great exploits. Okay? So we need to know and to believe God. Okay? So it's, it's one thing, uh, it's so easy, and this is correct, it's one thing to confess sin, but it is another thing to change our thinking. So many times we have this where, you know, there's a, a certain, uh, there's a, a thing we sin in or we do wrong and we confess it. Confession is not just the thing alone. There's fruits of repentance. Okay? And for a lot of Christians, they will say, Oh, you know, I'm sorry. And, you know, and that's the start. But then there's fruit of repentance means um, there's right way, new ways of living now. Because I change what I believe and what I think. 
And when I change what I believe, that's repentance, then I behave in a different way. Have you seen Christians, they, the same thing happens. Oh, I'm sorry, do the same, oh, I'm sorry, I repent. Repent is not lying at the altar and crying. Hear me right. Repentance is not I've messed up, whatever, and you lying down in church or wherever, and I'm crying, whatever. No, repentance is not just crying. It is changing the way you think, or else you're going to do the same thing again. Are you with me? Alright? And this is how the enemy then has these strongholds and influences in our lives. So, um, um, God, as I said, is a rewarder. God is a rewarder. He's the best, best father, alright? So what he does is he gives reward because we have a choice. As with the two trees I spoke as a God, in the Garden of Eden, we have a choice. So God rewards us when we choose the right thing, okay? And in Mark chapter 8, as I referred to, um, why do you reason you have no bread? The next question um, basically is your, the next question Jesus says, he says, is your heart, is it hard? You see, a lot of us um, can't change the way we think when our heart is hard. Because that's the next question in Mark 8 after he says, is your heart hard? still hard okay so the lesson what we actually learned is the lesson was that they saw the miracles of provision the disciples and now they scared that they don't have enough food all right so he says but is your heart hard because you know you don't you see what what i want you to do so every time god does a miracle what does he do he reveals his nature all right his nature reveals the invitation to the covenant-making God who never fails. That's what he's revealing. He's revealing, hey, if I did it in the past, I'll do it again. This is my nature. It's not always my time. It's always his time, but he's never late. And whatever God does, he always brings us into a greater and a better position. And when you learn the Father's heart and you understand his heart, it becomes, Lord, you know, I don't understand this. I don't understand the situation I'm in, but I know I know your nature, Lord. You never change. Circumstances change, but you never change. But I'm going to trust and I'm going to believe you, right? So he reveals his nature. His nature reveals the invitation. That's an amazing thing. So remember, a hardened heart will always poison the mind. If your heart is hardened, you're not teachable anymore. You have a look. I've seen so many people over the years that... Um, they, they are anointed, they're gifted, um, they have amazing opportunity and stuff, but there's choices they have as well. And it's like where, where people harden their heart, they're not teachable anymore. And they will continue where their gift makes room for them. But later on, you'll see that road parts to a wrong way. Alright? That's a choice we have. Okay, so um, I'll be almost landing. Um, I spoke to you about the spiritual war that we're in. So, remember, we have an enemy. He wants to destroy your life. Now, one of the, the chapters we can go have a look in, um, that's in uh, Ephesians chapter 6. You can go look from about verse 12. But it, it speaks in Ephesians chapter 6 that uh, 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 about we, we do not wage war against flesh and blood but against powers and 
principalities uh, uh, in high places. So there's, a, uh, there's, there's spiritual powers and principalities. Remember, they've been living here and they are spiritual beings, fallen angels. And they've been here, they were cast down with Lucifer and the third of the angels were cast onto earth. And uh, the church, you and I are to deal with them. And um, so we are here to rule, to reign and have dominion. Adam gave that rulership and dominion away when he sinned. The last Adam, Jesus restored it back to us, the church. All right. So what we need to understand that there is a spiritual battle taking place because the devil wants to destroy you and me. The devil has no power unless we give him power. Please understand that. When G, what Jesus on the cross said that he made the devil powerless. So the only power that the devil has is what we give him. Alright. So what you and I believe is what empowers him. If we believe a lie, it empowers him. Okay. So there's these spiritual powers and principalities. So maybe over a city, there's a certain strong man in the city. He has it works in different levels of ranks, and they will have an influence over the banking sector, over the local government, over the schools, over the education. There's different powers and principalities. What you and I agree to is what we empower. Right. If you and I have a wrong way of thinking then we agreed to, as a Christian, we actually agreed to empower the enemy to work in our lives, but also into our city. Remember with the possessed guy of Galilee, when Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee, and uh, he crossed over, and uh, the, the possessed guy without clothes, who's living amongst the gravestones, comes there, and immediately he falls at the knees of Jesus, and he starts to worship Jesus, and he had... I mean, so many demons that uh, they couldn't count them afterwards. But uh, they went into, I think it was 2,000 pigs that were there. And, uh, and he cast them out and they went and they ran into the sea. Um, so, uh, but understand one thing. When Jesus went to that region, what actually happened? Whatever happens in the spirit will manifest in the natural. Alright? So, Jesus steps over into the region. There's a strong man in the spirit. He gets dislodged. Why? Because a high authority came. Jesus. Any authority which is higher, other authority has to submit to. We have the authority of Christ. So every fallen demonic power has to bend its knee to the name of Jesus. And Christ is in us. We belong to Him. Right. So that guy, possessed guy, he falls down and he worships Jesus. Anyway, Jesus sets him free or the demons run. That strong man had an influence in the city through a person. Hello? That's why we need to pray for our government. That's why we need to pray for our leaders. Because people are influenced by the powers and principalities in a region. Jesus goes into the region. He dislodges the power and principality. It falls down before him, manifesting through someone. Jesus sets the human free. All right, and you read on later, and we spoke about this, that he goes, and, and the whole region is impacted, all right, by this guy gets saved for Jesus. All right, so that's another story. But what am I saying? There are powers and principalities that influence you and me. So whether it is with business, suddenly you start fearing in that, I don't have resources, I don't have, what's happening is a power and principality influencing the broken thought pattern that you and I might have. 
Therefore, we need to repent, change the way we think, that we can walk in a new way, right? So, in Ephesians, uh, sorry, in, in uh, uh, sorry, Ephesians chapter six, you can go read that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities in heavenly places. They have ex access into us, according to two Corinthians ten three to five, in the strongholds of our thinking. That's the only way they have influence in us. If we think in a new way, we walk in a new way, we have influence in a new way. Are you with me? So have a look at the pattern of your life. What is it that you need to change in your thinking so that you become accurate and start walking like Christ and not believe in a lie? Right? Because the nature of God is only good. So down in Ephesians chapter 6, we know that it speaks about the, the, the helmet of salvation. Guess what? We need to think of being more saved. The helmet of salvation was a helmet protecting what? Our thinking. That we are being saved. That is a helmet protecting us. Meaning that we need to think that we're saved. We're not living that as in our old nature anymore. We have a new nature of Christ. Amen? We need to think saved. Not what the enemy tells us. I won't have time to go into all of these. But... Um, the helmet of salvation protects the mind that we think not ungodly thoughts, but godly thoughts. Okay, the sword of the spirit, the sword of the spirit is the word. But I'm also to touch on another thing here is the word of God. What the spirit of truth is, what God is saying through his word. And remember, the target is our mind. Okay, the, the enemy fires spiritual arrows at our mind. So if there's a stronghold in our thinking, that is how he has access to behavior why do I feel depressed well the enemy has access because of those broken thought patterns you with me so thoughts that ex are exalted above what God knows to be true all right the if the enemy fires these arrows that that are you know I, I don't believe God is greater than the certain thing in that in my life okay we quench the arrows with what the shield of faith we quench arrows with the shield of faith. As the enemy would come, we, we take up, Lord, I believe your nature more than, than the circumstance. That's the nature of God. Okay? So, the, the amazing thing is this as well. The sword that is referred to here in Ephesians 6, is, it is the word, but this, the actual reference was to the Roman sword. The Roman sword is actually, um, that was used was actually a dagger. Alright? It's smaller. And this sword that is referring to here is actually a sword that when a Roman was, was hit by an arrow, he used the, sword, the, the, the dagger to actually remove the, the, the arrow from himself. That is what that dagger was actually used for. What is that? That is when I start to take the word of God to strengthen myself in the Lord. So when I do get hit by an arrow, I take the word as the truth of God. And I start to apply that word. I start to apply the word of God in my life. And I start to strengthen myself. I minister to myself with what the truth says. Not what I experienced, the affliction that I've just received. Not because someone said it's something bad. I refuse to take offense. And when we start taking the word of God and we start removing those arrows, we minister to ourselves. It is not just a fight against the enemy. I'm telling you, we're fighting so much against the enemy. And the reason why we always have a battle is because we haven't changed the way we think. Are you with me? 
So I believe God is just really wants to encourage us in this time that a lot of people are going through is that, that we need to repent, change the way we think, change the thinking uh, patterns, that we actually start believing God is good, His nature is good, that these strongholds in our thinking <coughs> will fall. Anything that, that is negative, any negative thought coming to you, what's spoken in the politics, if you agree with a negative thing, you empowering it. The church is. And we need to stop doing that. Change the way you think. Start speaking what God says. Start believing what He says about you. Don't let your emotional experience determine your walk. Let what the Father says about you. Go take time until God speaks to you from this word. Take what is Psalm saying. Put worship music on. Just start, let, it, let Him flood you with His presence, with the truth that you start believing, Lord, it's not the battle there. The, 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 the battle out there can be silenced by the peace of God inside you and me. Some of us have more battles internally than actually externally. And I want to say, let the peace of God come flood you. Flood your mind. The Bible says, the surpassing peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. All right? So I, you don't have to understand stuff to have peace. Have peace to bring understanding. All right? You don't have to understand everything. All right? So I just want to encourage you. I'm going to pray for you right now. And uh, so Father, I just pray for every brother and sister, for every person watching. I pray, Lord, that that whatever war, spiritual war that is happening, Lord, that we will not be defined by the war. We will not be defined by the circumstance. We will not be defined by what I feel today. I'll be defined by what you say I am, Father. And we'll be conformed, not to the patterns of this world. We'll be transformed through your word in our lives, Lord. That our thinking, that what we believe, whatever we face in this week, that we'll walk as sons of God, not as slaves. Not as slaves, as sons and daughters of the living God. And Father, I just release your peace over people right now. That we'll know that we're already on the winning side because Jesus, you overcame the evil one. Therefore, we are more than overcomers. And Lord, I just bless every person watching now today. We bless them with a week full of peace, breakthrough, righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen.